0: Hey church, I'm
1: Katie, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm so glad to welcome you to Galileo Church tonight and so glad to thank those of you at home for welcoming us into your space tonight. We are well met here for an unusual service of worship. Perhaps you're aware that tomorrow, November 1st, is All Saints Day on the Christian calendar. And the day after that, November 2nd, is All Souls Day. And these liturgical dates have been designated around the world over many centuries for the remembrance of those who have died, thus departing this reality for the next. On my best days, I believe that all those who have died are resurrected to inhabit the heart of God forever and held dear by the one who made them and knows them and loves them best of all. Maybe you do too. But that does not lessen the sting of their absence here among those who loved them in life. And so we grieve their loss even as we celebrate their present peace. One of the things that COVID took from us, one among many, has been the ability to share our grief with our church, and our church friends. Some of our beloveds who died during the pandemic never even had a funeral. Some of them did, and we felt unsafe to go. And as long as the church was not gathering, those who grieved, grieved mostly alone. Church, that is not how it is supposed to happen here. None of us is meant to suffer our own sorrows in isolation. We are meant to share each other's heartache, not because sharing it makes it go away, but because sharing it might make it easier to bear. It's one of the things COVID took from us, the co-labor of grief, and I have grieved its passing more than anything else these last nearly two years. The Gospel reading for tonight is from John chapter 11. We'll read almost the entirety of that chapter. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister, Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother, Lazarus, was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, After having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the religious leaders were just now trying to stone you, and are you going to go there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when Mary heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. So they followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit, deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, "'Lord, come and see.'" Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, "'See how he loved him.'" But some of them said, "'Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man "'have kept this man from dying?' Then Jesus, again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him, let him go. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. The same sentiment spoken twice in succession by both sisters makes me think they had been talking about it before he got there. Why didn't he come? Why didn't he respond to our call for help? Are we not friends? Has he not promised faithfulness? Why didn't he, she, they answer our prayers? By the time we are praying the 116th Psalm, the one that says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of God's faithful ones. We have prayed for our beloveds many times. We've prayed for the remission of cancer, for ease of breath, for relief of pain or confusion, for healing of bones or brain or lungs or kidney or heart, for strength of body and medicine, for peace of mind and family, for healing, for health, for safety, for life. Lord, if you had been here, my beloved would not have died. But Jesus could say, but I am here. I have been here. I have been where you are, praying for rescue, for respite. And still death comes. Death came. Even for me, he could say, It came for his friend Lazarus, whom he loved. It came eventually for him, too, as he knew it would, as this is the reality for all children of humanity, that life begins and life ends, that death comes for all of us. See, the wager Jesus had staked was not that a faithful God would prevent death thus allowing an endless experience of this life. If this were the case, the visual would be something like God forever on defense, blocking death from taking its shot, getting its way, God's arms forever outstretched to keep the monster at bay. No, instead, The wager is, the faithful imagining is... That God goes on offense against death for all our sakes, not simply staving it off in perpetuity, but instead defeating death once for all, demonstrating God's singular jurisdiction over the whole created order so that nothing is outside God's purview, not even those who have died. God's arms are not perpetually outstretched, they are perpetually drawing in, holding Close, those we might have feared were swallowed up forever. God gets everything God wants, we might say. Death be damned, death be goddamned. The meal we share tonight and every time we meet together is not only a remembrance of Jesus' solidarity with us in grief, in loss, in suffering, in death itself. It is also a foretaste, a spoiler, a promise that God does not let go of anything God has made I hope you can receive it as a comfort tonight, especially as you recognize that you are surrounded here by friends who know what it feels like both to grieve in our losses and to hope in the resurrection. Let's pray.
0: Thanks for listening to That's What She Said. This podcast is preached almost always by our lead evangelist, Reverend Dr. Katie Hayes. Galileo Church has five missional priorities. We do justice for LGBTQ plus people and those who love them. We do kindness to those in mental and emotional distress and celebrate neurodiversity. We do beauty for our God who is beautiful. We do real relationship, no bullshit, ever. And we do whatever it takes to share this good news with the world God still loves. To support the production of this podcast and the ongoing missional priorities of this church, go to GalileoChurch.org and click on Conspire With Us. You'll have options to use your Venmo or PayPal, or use your credit card or bank account. Any amount helps, and if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you thanks. Peace.